TSP21, where I talk shop with my good friend Alexa Lobato, who has had a variety of very interesting experiences thus far in her young sports science career. First, we talk about her her first kind of exposure to sports science with a collegiate women's soccer team, and then later an internship with a professional soccer team. So interesting conversation, kind of how uh, we just compared and contrasted the two uh, and kind of her, her takes on all that stuff. Right now, she is currently a senior sports scientist and research analyst, I hope I didn't mess that up, for a relatively new company, a startup called Total Sports Diagnostic. Super interesting company. I, I loved hearing her talk about it because it's more of a process company than a product company, I think is probably one of the better ways to describe it. And her experiences specifically being at at being in at the beginning of the company is asking the right questions to the right people. Um, at least that's how I phrase it, a little easier for little old me to understand. But uh, so super interesting, similar but also dissimilar experiences. And and Lex does a pretty good job of of not getting too technical, but tying it to the you know big picture kind of kind of actionable things or or real world examples instead of uh, more of the the theoretical stuff. So awesome talk, uh, Lex <laughs> has kept me in check multiple times in regards to the sports science stuff in our time together. But uh, super awesome talk, and I'm excited to share it with you. Let's get it going, and let's get better together. Welcome to the Talking Shop Podcast, where I'm here attempting to capture in audio form lessons and experiences about everything within sports performance and professional development. I'm your host, Matt Tometz. On my podcast, I try to get at the why and the how instead of specifically the what by trying to show what makes people's unique lenses in which they see the world of sports performance and professional development their own lens. If I can get you to view and think about your job, life, problems a little differently than I've done my job. I make the content, you consume it, so I can only improve it with your feedback. If you have any suggestions for future shows, questions, or comments, please feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Coach Big Toe. That's Coach B-I-G-T-O-E. I'm excited to share this episode with you because we can all get better together. Back here, TSP, another episode with my friend Alexa Lobato. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I am fantastic. Always a good day when I can <laughs> record a podcast and catch up with some old friends. Um, good. So glad. a little bit of back, yeah. So a little bit of background about how Lex and I know each other. Uh, so last year, I was a I was a little innocent first year graduate student. And Lex was this big, bad second year grad student. <laughs> and uh, and I met her in August. And uh, she took me to a soccer practice. She worked with the team. And then, you know, that's kind of how I got into the sports science stuff. So um, we've always had awesome talks. And <laughs> we've had talks where she's been like, Matt, you can't do that. And I'm like, dang it, you're right. <laughs> but I want to. Uh, <laughs> good. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Yeah, I do. yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> so, and then another thing, just to, before we get into it, so I was like, hey, Lex, you should be on my podcast. 
she's like, oh, like, what experiences do I have? And I was like, you have TCU soccer, FC Dallas, and Total Sport. Like, that's awesome. And you're like, oh, I guess I guess it has been kind of cool. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> just a different totally perspective, just a, you know, when it's when it's all you and you're just rolling and going and it's different from somebody else when they tell you that it's pretty cool. So I appreciate you yeah, pointing it out. Well, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. So for those that are not familiar with your background of the listeners, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Sure. So originally I'm from Colorado. Um, I came to TCU freshman year, my undergrad, and I finished my undergrad with an MS in movement science. So I hope to pursue a career in physical therapy, um, but I kind of switched directions when I decided to stay at TCU another two years and get a master's degree in exercise physiology. So there I got kind of swept up in a lot of different research projects, um, kind of found a love for preventative injury and data analytics, a lot of GPS metrics, which I really fell in love with with the soccer team. Um, so I spent a whole semester with TCU soccer, and then I did my thesis on that, and then I moved on to FC Dallas. So that's a football club of Dallas here in Frisco. And so I worked with them for a semester. And then right after that, I got picked up by a new startup company called Total Sport Diagnostics. So I'm helping uh, them develop a protocol for musculoskeletal health testing in pro athletes. So it's been pretty cool. Yeah. So a variety of experiences that I'm excited to get into. So um, getting into TCU soccer, because I guess that was kind of like the first big one. So you and mm -hmm. Dan, who also you shared that experience with, um, you guys kind of made that out of nothing, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, we did, right. So we had the athletic trainer from TCU Soccer um, approach our program and kind of said, well, we've been having a lot of injuries. Uh, we're kind of on the verge of becoming a really great team, but with all the new science developments and research stuff that's coming out, um, we're interested in kind of utilizing you guys, us as a research and exercise physiology specialist, um, for you guys to come in and kind of see how you can improve the program or what you would do to make us a better team. So we started off with, you know, approaching the coaches uh, with this GPS um, catapult. We wanted to use them to track individual player load. And then we also used an online tracking system, uh, which emailed the girls or they logged into their app and they got to put down how they were feeling. Um, how they perceived practice that day in terms of intensity, um, other things like sleep um, and energy, all kinds of different things. So we monitored them um, the entire year last year, and we went to every single practice and every single game. And so we just did our best to track, load, and give some insight to the coaches, some quantitative measures into how the girls were feeling instead of just relying on the coaches and how they kind of viewed each athlete. So we built that from the ground up, and it's still going this year. So I'm pretty proud of what we built there. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, sports science is relatively new, I guess, compared to some of the more popular sports performance <laughs> fields. But right. so, so like load monitoring is basically like the stress training load you put on an athlete. You just quantify that. But right. how how do you go from kind of the data to actionable steps to like advising the coaches in regards to the, the GPS stuff, but also like the, the player wellness stuff. So like, sure. yeah, how do you apply it? I guess. <laughs> so we were 
pretty not standoffish, but we tried not to make too many assumptions towards the beginning of the season. Um, just because I kind of felt like we were quantifying the coaches as much as we were the athletes. Um, so we just kind of wanted to see how the athletes were responding to a regular season. Uh, we, if we ever did see anything in terms of maybe total distance, somebody was running a lot more than they have in the past. Uh, maybe somebody really wasn't feeling well and they weren't telling anybody, but they were responding with lower numbers on, um, their app. Uh, we definitely brought that up to the coaches. Uh, but we were pretty hesitant at the beginning to say, you know, we're doing too much. We're not doing enough. We were basically kind of just describing to the coaches and how they were coaching. Uh, so practice was a lot of what is our intensity? How many meters per minute are we running? How, what does the trend look like for the week? Is it higher or faster paced at the beginning of the week and kind of tapering off towards the end of the week? Um, how are the girls responding to that? Um, in terms of total distance, which was kind of our big metrics for games, it was how far are they running, but is the running useful? So some of our best players weren't always running the furthest, but they were making the most quality movement. So that was kind of helped the coaches differentiate between who needed more rest on the coming week, kind of preparing for the next weekend's games. So towards the end of the semester, we did a better job of knowing everybody's norms. Uh, we could quantify it by day. So a Tuesday was usually a higher load practice. We ran faster and more on a Tuesday than we did per se, like a like a Wednesday or a Thursday per, in preparation for the weekend games. Um, but yeah, so we kind of just filled in the coaches. And if we ever saw anything that was kind of a red flag, whether it be an adverse effect on the athlete and how they were feeling, or maybe the load we perceived to be too high due to other uh, previous weeks, it didn't quite compare. So yeah, we were, we were a really good team. And once we saw a few things and the coaches were really receptive, it was easy to have those kind of conversations and they could say, you know, we didn't see that. Thank you for telling us like, we'll make adjustments or it was kind of like, we knew this was going to happen. It was in our practice plan. We're trying to push them, prepare them for the next game. So it was a really great conversation. So as much as we were trying to tell them what we were seeing, it was more of a conversation on how we could all work together and keep an eye out for certain things. So it was really cool. Yeah, that, that that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> most of our, our discussions that I alluded to was me just wanting to go, go, go. And you were like, wait, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> I so did rein you I've in a couple along. of times. <laughs> yeah, I just, I got, I get so excited, but um, I've come a long way. I'm a lot better this year. Thanks to you. And, you know, keep me <laughs> in check. Um, but <laughs> one of my favorite kind of analogies um, or I guess phrases, whatever, from the uh, sports scientist for the Blue Jays, he said, data leads to discussions, which leads to decisions, you know, but people think it's right. data, dis data decision, you know, where right. data just helps you justify the questions, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And I like the quantifying the coaches as much as the players, um, mm -hmm. kind of really comparing what we were doing. Yeah, you know, at the beginning, like their, their it was plan. right. Their plan and what they kind of first saw for the week, and were we seeing that in terms of these training loads? Was the total distance kind of what we thought? Because we had higher, you know, distance days or faster intensity day. Um, were the coaches actually accurate in choosing the right drills to um, elicit their correct response? So that's kind of why we held off at the beginning because it was it was basically how does a coach coach? 
And then how do the girls respond instead of we think you aren't coaching correctly when we kind of had no idea what the numbers were even going to look like. Yeah, you definitely need that kind of baseline because it's all relative. It's all compared to something, you know, so right. there definitely is that initial kind of observation period kind of with everything. Um, so, yeah, uh, next getting into FC Dallas. So same, <laughs> same concept, but pros and guys and fancier technology. <laughs> Uh, yes to two of those. One, maybe not so much. Um, what? Yes, I, I thought was... they had nicer technology when I visited. <laughs> um, it looked pretty fancy from the outside, but once you kind of got in there, it really wasn't that fancy. So you'd be surprised how little money the MLS has or they're willing to spend on the things that I was interested in. <laughs> so uh, okay. It, it <laughs> I got you. A, <laughs> a more difficult sort of trying to figure out my role. So I guess I could just kind of talk about that. So um, I got offered an internship at FC Dallas in the sports science department. Uh, the sports science department was uh, the head athletic trainer and me. So that kind of tells you something. <laughs> um, you were half <laughs> of it. Was definitely. I was. I was half of it. And we had one guy that was in charge of putting the GPS markers and the heart rate straps on the guys. But um, at a pro level, it was a lot different than at the college level because we could require the girls to wear them and it was like pulling teeth to get these guys to wear their gps units or to get the heart rate strap it was horrible they would either complain that it was too tight and they didn't know how to loosen it or it, it was bothersome during practice or it was too hot or they didn't see any use in it and so as a pro player you don't have as much pull especially for me a little nobody intern you know <laughs> I couldn't really force them to do much at all. So that was really hard in terms of consistent measures. Um, and then they kind of, I don't know, internally made this deal where, you know, if you wore it two times during the week, um, you had to wear it during games or something like that. It was like you could get out of wearing it during a game if you wore it so many times during the week, which was, you know, in our eyes, not useful at all because the whole point of practice or tracking their load during practice is to see how they react during games. So if they're not wearing it consistently off or not during games and then really not wearing it during games, it just was really backwards. And so it was honestly kind of a hard transition, I guess, from having previous experience, um, getting all the data, looking at it, it being sort of cohesive. Uh, and then it was very disjointed and the guys really didn't like to do it. So not only that, but then I was using um, thermography or thermohuman. Some people have probably heard of that, uh, but it's an infrared camera. And I would take pictures of their upper uh, front and upper, or let's see, upper front and back and then lower front and back. And so I was basically just trying to see if there was any sort of increased blood flow to certain areas. And then a lot of research papers had come out to say that, you know, blood shunts um, blood to these specific areas in order for, you know, healing or potential injury. Uh, so those have really been correlated. So we were really interested in that and using that technology. So that was kind of my main role since the GPS wasn't as easy as we had hoped. <laughs> um, so every so morning I would, oh, go ahead. So you're <laughs> telling me that pro athletes have attitudes sometimes. Oh my gosh. Horrible. They were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> no way. And some of them are great. Some of them are super interested in it, and they really wanted to talk to me about it. 
And then there were a lot of other people who, you know, wanted nothing to do with me, wouldn't say hello in the morning, didn't want to take pictures, didn't want to put on their units. It was crazy. It was just a very, very different experience from what I had at TCU. Yeah. So sorry, not not to cut you off, but you talk about the thermography in the morning. Oh, yeah. So I just would take their pictures and then upload it on the ThermoHuman site. And then it would identify bilateral differences in terms of temperature. And so that's how we measured um, differences in blood flow. So that's kind of a little bit of the science behind it. So it's a pretty cool program. Um, do I think that it's, you know, diagnostic? Are we really saying that this guy has an injury? Uh, not necessarily, but we had really good luck in terms of injury prevention. And then when you get into MLS soccer, honestly, it's just like trying to keep these guys going as long as possible because it's such a long season. And so recovery was a really big thing for us. So we used it in terms of recovery and injury prevention. So the the fancy technology I was referencing was mainly that. So mm. <laughs> I guess it's not too fancy. Um, no. But how how would you how would you apply? Let's say they have increased blood flow to one hamstring, or like the picture's just lighting up like bright red. Um, mm. Like how would you? go forward so we would track that through the week so if it, it kind of graded it on a scale from you know a couple degrees to more than five degrees difference so that was the more severe um sort of differences that we saw and so if we ever saw anything you know really severe we would definitely specifically target that area whether that be massage or um, strengthening, you know, or extra rest or depending on the area and what it is, was it a previous injury that's kind of, um, kind of re-inflamed, I guess. Um, we also did a lot of tracking with our post-surgical athletes. So we had a couple ACLs and we had a pec tear, which was kind of funny in the MLS, but we took pictures really religiously with them every day. And then we're tracking, you know, their recovery and how they were responding to treatment. And if we were pushing too hard, we would you know, be able to dial back and kind of see um, their colors decrease because it was very apparent, especially with our post-surgical guys, which makes sense intuitively. Um, but it was kind of cool to track longitudinally. So that was that was fun. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, getting back to kind of the load monitoring and the units in regards to, I guess, buy-in is the buzzword or probably the best word to describe <laughs> that. So you have the head AT, you have yourself. You have kind of the coaches and you have like the players themselves. Mm -hmm. As a sports scientist, assuming that nothing is as perfect or not even perfect, but as compliant as college athletics is, how do you, how did you kind of go about attacking that idea of buy-in? Sure. So for me, it was especially hard just because nobody knew me. I didn't really have any rapport with the guys or the coaches or even the guy I was under. He really didn't know me either. So it took a really long time for me to kind of establish, you know, that I was here to make a difference. And it wasn't like I didn't care if they wore their GPS metrics or not. Like it didn't directly affect me, but it directly affected my job and that my sole purpose there was to help them. And I think that that was kind of the disconnect for the players was you're not a lab rat. I'm not just doing this for funsies. I'm just honestly trying to help you. And so when the guys who were wearing it religiously or when we asked, 
it was easier for me to kind of create a relationship and talk about their numbers. And so once they saw that it was a value, some other guys definitely saw saw the value in it and wanted to join along. So that was kind of helpful. Um, especially in pro sports, I didn't have a lot of, I don't know, I guess direct connection with the coach. So he had a lot of other things on his plate and he didn't really need me, but I would report to the head athletic trainer. And so it was my constant communication with him in terms of what I was seeing. If there was anything that I really wanted the head coach to know, which there really wasn't, but that was kind of how I attached or kind of wanted to be the little, you know, fly in the, in the, in the year or whatever you want to call it. But I was just trying to kind of make myself heard as often as possible. And then especially heard if there was anything that I really wanted to point out specifically. And so once I kind of got some more rapport with the AT and he trusted me a little bit more, if there was anything I really saw, then he kind of would tell that to the coach as our, what we saw as a department instead of individually, um, which was good. And then the players, like it just honestly took time. And so FC Dallas was a little bit different because we just got a new coach when I joined. And so he was only there like a week or two before I was. And so it was just a learning curve for everybody. So I'm sure that it's even gotten better since I've left and it'll get even better um, if he sticks around for the next couple of years. So just time, <laughs> time and consistency yeah. and conversation and honesty, honestly, just, yeah, just takes time. Yeah. I, I wrote down just like exposure over time, like you showing your face, being there consistently, you know, always kind of just explain the benefits and stuff like that, where eventually, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, in a perfect world, they'll, they'll buy in. <laughs> but, um, the, the, the big thing that I found is just, um, just showing that like you're there is like so big for the athletes mm -hmm. that they're not just lab rat. Like you're not just there to like poke them like lab rats, you know, mm -hmm. that you're really yep. there kind of for them. So just like exposure over time is just, you know, kind of just what I wrote down. But I okay. actually in, uh, in TSP 19, I had a phone call with, uh, the director of performance for an MLB team actually. Um, so it was just me talking about the, the phone call, but one thing he said that like rocked my brain hole, uh, he has technology. <laughs> yeah. I say that a lot. Uh, he That's has a new one. Technology. I haven't heard that one from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think it, it expresses my, my point very well. Um, he has, uh, technology and I'm not saying the technology to, to try to keep it you know, anonymous, but he offers it to the athletes and some take it and some don't. And I go, well, well, what about the athletes that don't do it? Like you're not getting that data. And he goes, I only care about what they care about, you know? Yeah, and just like hearing him. Yeah. Like say it like that. It was just like super cool. Um, so although it's, it's a little different between like, you kind of do need that data, but also, um, there's more than one way to skin a cat, you know, like, yeah. They probably have a little bit bigger budget than the MLS because it's the MLB, but mm -hmm. um, just hearing him say that really stuck with me. So I um, just want to share that really quick. Um, yeah, I like that. So, yeah. Um, like why why make them wear it if they're just going to dread it? And like I said, it's a little different between like is it a team thing versus 
you know, just one tool in the toolbox. And, you know, if, if the GPS and load monitoring is your only tool, then, you know, that's a little different. Um, but, uh, moving on total sport <laughs> diagnostic. Yes. Yes. My new company. What do you want to know? New company. So <laughs> can you tell me if you have equity? Do I have equity? Uh, that has not been ironed out yet, but it's okay. looking promising. <laughs> so Chef I'm Lex so. is a sports scientist <laughs> and a businesswoman too. So yes. I'm looking forward to staying up to date on that. Um, <laughs> so not to get into your kind of involvement with total sport diagnostic, because that kind of hasn't really been established yet, but kind of the company in general and kind of their mission. Could you sure. explain that a little bit? Yes. So I officially have a title. So with any startup, I guess this is my first kind of big world job and it's a startup. So I'm, you know, just kind of learning and taking it all in as much as I can. Um, but when I went in originally, you know, I was going to be a sports scientist, kind of uh, develop this musculoskeletal health protocol for pro athletes. Uh, but I'm officially a senior sports scientist um, and research specialist. So I'm really excited about that as I can continue researching and learning and reading as much as I can. Um, because that was kind of my passion that I found at TCU. Um, but our mission at TSD um, is to collect musculoskeletal health data longitudinally for professional athletes. So a lot of times when an athlete sustains an injury, you know, the athletic trainer or physical therapist, they always say, man, I wish I would have known your numbers prior to the injury so we know what you can get back to or what we should get back to you in order for you to return to sport. Uh, but there has been no protocol or no company in place to collect this true physiological data uh, prior to injury. So that kind of sparked an interest in all of us, especially with my PT background. Um, so our kind of design is that we will collect musculoskeletal health at least two times a year prior to season and then postseason, and then we can come in any time during the year if there ever is an injury. Uh, so how we kind of see this playing out in the long term is if our protocols can kind of stay consistent, or they should, unless there are big, you know, technological advancements, um, but we will just track physiological health throughout a career, whether that's increasing in, you know, muscular contraction or um, specific body size, whatever that may be, whatever we're measuring, uh, we'll check that longitudinally throughout each year and then even post-career. So we've identified that a lot of athletes are kind of forgotten when they leave um, their sport and they've done it for so many years. It's kind of hard for them to create this identity or be cared for um, with all the sacrifices that they've made while they were in the sport. And so our goal is to track them not only during sport, but after sport so that they can stay healthy and strong um, no matter if they're playing or not. Cool. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've gotten that kind of full explanation, but there's a few things that, that I want to at least like repeat, but the key word there being longitudinally, because mm -hmm. with all this sports science, like, yes, you do get data daily, but it's you're looking for trends 
you know, and right. I think that was one of the, the biggest things I learned um, was, oh, you know, like today this, this data said this, da, 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 but it's like, okay, well, what's it going to say over the next few days, you know, or like, right. what's this week versus last week as opposed to like, it's a lot more chronic than I think people give it credit for. Um, so yeah, I like longitudinally. Um, and I also like, basically you need a good pre first, you know, it's tough to do all of this stuff after the injury happens. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, uh, the last kind of big thing I got out of that was just having a good protocol or process. Um, so, and that's kind of been my role is to create that process and identify, you know, what research is telling us and what PTs need specifically uh, so that we can track that even prior to an injury. And maybe there is no injury, but we are very unique as we use a lot of different protocols. So we're not creating any new technology. And I think that sometimes when I tell people that, they're like, then what are you doing? You know, like (laughs) it's all out there. But there's no company that makes all of the best technology scalable for an entire team because, you know, you and I kind of went through this. It's like we have these great ideas and we want to implement these great things but it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of hands and so what TSD is striving to do is we will be those hands we will be that qualified sort of expert in saying this is what you have to test and even though you might not use this data right now you will use it later somebody will get hurt and if I can help you save a little bit of money whether it be the athlete in terms of getting care or a team potentially in terms of a contract that's what we're hoping to do. We are all about the athlete, but we're all about protecting them and making sure that they, you know, thrive no matter in sport or not in sport. Yeah, definitely. Um, this idea of like process and if you have something kind of standard and ready to go from the beginning, you're just like getting ahead of the curve. Um, and that's that's one thing that that I realized is kind of tough about about sports science. So not ultimately, but a few of the big kind of themes of sports science is to improve performance and also like reduce risk of injury. And it's kind of tough to say, ha, they didn't get injured because of, or partly because of me, you know? So I would assume, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it's kind of like, it's, you know, things are only valuable when they're needed, but Mm -hmm you know, to get the most value out of it in this specific context is we need a pre so we can compare it when, you know, we're trying to make gains or come back to even just baseline. So, um, yeah, I forgot kind of when that hit me where it's like, we're basically trying to say, look at us. This didn't happen because of us. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's weird for sure. Um, (laughs) but uh, so how do you go from literature to writing? Uh, I don't even know. But basically, how do you go from like, <laughs> hey, hey, your your boss going, hey, we need a process for this, and then you saying, okay, here's this process I made. <laughs> right. So it's been a long time coming. So I actually jumped on board with TSD before I even graduated. Um, I knew one of the other science guys that was working for them. 
Um, and it's honestly just a collaborative effort. It's about knowing when to ask and who to ask and contacting a thousand people, you know, or maybe not even that much. Maybe I should be more specific. It's about contacting all the right people. So even if that is reaching out to quite a few people and then realizing, well, maybe that isn't exactly what I wanted, but I can't just say that it, this process was made just because of me. Like I did a lot of research, yes, and I was able to ask a lot of the right questions, but it's asking the right questions to the right people and then finding, you know, the experts in what I'm trying to figure it out. So whether that be, you know, I don't know how to explain it. It's hard to say because I'm not supposed to say too much. Um, But with all the big tech companies now, there's a lot of competitors. So if you take force plates, for example, there's a lot of different companies that make a lot of different kinds that claim a lot of different things. So in the research, I know what to look for because I've done enough research and I know enough about it that all these kind of bogus claims that these more flashy companies make, I know that they're not quite for us. But to stay true to what the research is saying and the numbers and to know that the force plate is collecting what it says it is, right? Is it valid? Is it reliable? It's contacting those companies and then learning as as much as you can from them because they're the experts, right? So I don't claim to know everything and TSE doesn't claim to make anything new. But what we're really good at is collecting all of the best and integrating all of the best technology and people into one protocol. So you really, it's like a one-stop shop, one-stop shop. You really can't get better than us. <laughs> oh, oh, that's fancy. Um, Did I sell so it I guess, pretty well? <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. Good. <laughs> Le- Lex for president. Okay. Um, thanks, but no thanks, so, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, next. Um, so one last question, I guess, just to help conceptualize this idea of TSD. Um, So is it that you guys provide the technology or you recommend it or you kind of take the technology they have and kind of work with them? Does that make sense? So we have a set protocol. And within our protocol, we have selected specific companies. So there are other okay. companies that, you know, use technology kind of like I said, force plates. Like there's a lot of different force plate companies out there, but we've specifically selected our companies based on research and rapport and the minds behind it and are they innovative? And then we use them as partners in order to conduct our not necessarily research, but baseline data. So we are I don't know how to, we are most specifically collecting baseline data. So whether there's an injury, whether there wasn't, you know, kind of my spiel before, but we will go in, collect baseline data using all of our different vendors and partners and the true sound science, and then we will do the actual testing. So whether that be the athlete or whether it be the team or whether, you know, the coach wants it or uh, the AT or the PT, whatever it may be, we come in and actually do the testing ourselves so that they don't really have to worry about anything. They probably get a few hours off, you know, and we'll just come in and do all the testing. Um, we will collect all the data, present it to them in a way that is easy to understand, that's actionable, and then they can kind of use us as well um, until the end of the season. And then hopefully that will continue on for years and years to come. 
Um, and then we will be able to one day identify, you know, risk for injury or, you know, a bilateral difference, which is a risk for injury. Or we can specifically say that, you know, you, you fit at this point compared to all the other wide receivers in the NFL or all the other wide receivers in your team. We will be able to kind of differentiate and place people in categories and groups. And that's a long ways away, but hopefully our data will be able to kind of show that picture. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure I could ask you questions about that all freaking day, but um, <laughs> for the sake of, for the sake of your sanity, I will, I will uh, kind of move on. So that was, that was the end of the kind of on the spot questions. So you did an awesome job. Um, Thank you. I liked a lot of those answers. Yeah. I, I specifically like, yeah, content, like the right questions, but also to the right people. I think that's, yeah. people often forget the second part of that sentence. So, so yeah, that was dope. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, next big question. What are some of your main governing beliefs slash perspectives that help guide you in your life and also your prof profession? Um, and we'll call your profession TSD as you're adulting right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind of a hard question because there's a lot to it. Um, but I guess kind of my past, I was a three sport athlete in high school. And then was not blessed with the height or the jumping ability to overcome that sort of height deficiency. So I was never ever able to play sports in college. So instead of playing, I majored in it. So I was really in, interested in being involved in athletes, um, creating that relationship, uh, helping them to succeed and play at their best. And so that's kind of my main drive uh, every day. And I enjoy going to work every single day because it's interesting and challenging. And the team I have right now, even though we're small, we've got some of the best minds, I think, in terms of innovation and pushing the limits and having connections. It's really, it's really been cool. Uh, but consistency and is just kind of who I am as a person. I'm not ever super up or super down, but always very consistent. And so I think that that really helps me be me and succeed in what I do is because, you know, you can't just look at one day of data as we kind of discussed previously <laughs> um, and make a bunch of um, uh, just decisions based on one day, but it's being consistent and it's being there every day. And it's looking at the big picture, which I think some people tend to forget because it's easy to kind of get ahead of yourself and to say, I saw this, this must be right. This is what everybody says, you know, or this is what research says. If I see this, this is going to happen. Um, but it's just so individualized and depends on every person and team and athlete and just being consistent, I think is one of the best things. Definitely. Um, I'll, I'll learn by trial and error, but, um, kind of the, I like the, the account about the big picture, like, why are we here? Like, why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Um, and it, it definitely is easy from personal experience <laughs> to get kind of caught up <laughs> yeah. in the. In the daily, because that's where, like, that's where you live, you know, mm -hmm. um, you like you live in the now. But if you have a, you know, some some good people in your circle to help <laughs> keep your head out of your butt, uh, it makes it a little easier. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how can your experiences specifically help my listeners grow as coaches, 
uh, whether that be like sports performance or sports science or just general professional development? Oh, gosh. Uh, can you repeat the first part? So basically, what can my listeners in this context of sports performance or professional development, what can my listeners in that oh, context sure. get out of your experiences? Oh, gosh. So hmm. I guess for my experience at TSD, especially being part of a startup when, you know, you're talking to these higher up people and they're like, you know, show us what you've already done. But being a startup, you know, you don't have a lot to show them. I don't think the blind faith is ever good, but it's willingness to trust. Willingness to trust people, I guess, and trust the numbers and, and trust the idea. Because, you know, I tend to be a little bit more skeptical just because of my personality. But when people come up with new ideas, like there tends to be a lot of skeptics because it's new and it hasn't really been done before. But those are the best companies. Those are the best, most successful people, right? The ones who are willing to step out of their comfort zone and willing to, you know, do the unthinkable or, you know, create this crazy idea. And so I've definitely been firsthand in that. And I think I would tell anybody, like, definitely do your research, definitely think about it and be, um, ask the right questions, I guess, but don't count people out too soon. Listen to what they have to say and really trust them if you really think it's a good idea, because, you know, like us, we honestly think it's a good idea and I could talk and try to preach to you all day and I'm really excited about it. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, this is only going to work if we can all collaborate together, collect this data, do it across multiple sports. So it's going to take a little bit of trust at first. Yeah. And, and there's a difference between like, Hey, I don't have any data, but you should do this versus I don't have any data, but this is what the literature says. This is why I'm proposing what I'm proposing, you know? So, mm -hmm. so it's, it's not completely blind faith because you do have, if you can justify, I guess it, um, but yeah, definitely like the research has kind of ruined me in a good way. Cause I'm just like super, <laughs> super skeptical. Like right, my first, right. yeah. First instinct is just like, just to ask questions, I guess. Um, or just like, what does the literature say? Or is that valid? Or like, how do they do it or whatever? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely is that kind of tightrope between, you can't eventually you're going to have to take that leap but if you can do the most with what you got to justify that leap then it makes it a little easier if that makes sense yeah and i think that it's you know not only trusting especially like in my experience now they we are excited about it obviously and it's easy for us to talk about it cuz we talk about it every single day and i talk about it now you know here on a sunday and i'm not at work and so I kind of just like live, eat, breathe this new company because I think it's such a great thing. Um, but it's kind of a tricky situation where I have to say, you know, we don't have this like mass amount of data that we can show you in terms of identifying trends or, you know, distributions and where people fall and, and what this looks like. We can tell you what we think it's going to look like and from the data that we have collected, but you know, you need those people that trust in what you're proposing and trust in you. And I think that that is what our company has done really, really good job at is gathering all of these great minds, people who 
you know, know a lot about, you know, athletic training and physical therapy and business and sports science, you know, and we have a lot of different experiences where that has really helped us evolve into this all-encompassing taking care of not only the athlete, but the team and not only the active athlete, but the post-career athlete. Like that's just kind of how it has all evolved. I think it's just going to take that one person who believes not only in what we do, but in us. And I think that that speaks volumes because I not only believe in, you know, TSD and the protocols, you know, slightly because I helped create them, but also the kind of minds behind it, I think are just extremely strong. Yeah. So it's, so this is kind of a, an unrelated question I just came up with, but how much of kind of what you've done thus far has been kind of salesman-y? So for me, I do little talking in big meetings. Um, I kind of had side conversations with PTs or athletic trainers or other sports scientists um, who we're meeting with, but the CEO and then uh, my direct boss on the science side, uh, they do most of the talking. But like, I always kind of had this negative idea of sales, just because I always thought I was getting talked into something I didn't really need or like I didn't really want. But now that I've joined TSD, like we are so passionate about what we've put together that it doesn't even feel salesy. Like it's very just an open, honest conversation. If there's ever a question that we don't know, we admit it, but we are very like almost overly prepared. And so we rarely have that situation. So whether it's from a business side in terms of partnering, whether it's from a science side in terms of why did you choose this and not this, I could probably give you a laundry list of reasons why. Um, but I think that we're just like honest and open. And so the whole salesy thing, I don't even really think about it because it just comes so naturally, if that makes sense. Yeah. I forgot I forgot where I heard this, but someone said like everyone should have at least one kind of sales job just to like develop that skill. And I think it's mm -hmm. it's a different when you're, you know, trying to sell BS versus like a genuine product. Um, <laughs> right. So, you know, if in all this sports science you kind of really do need that skill because you can only apply it if people buy it, you know? Right. Um, so just a, it, a question. on this way. Yeah. So we had to approach, you know, TCU soccer, you know, with this idea. And they had hardly even heard of GPS and they didn't even know what it was going to do for them. They didn't even know what numbers were going to come out of that. You know, but we had to go in there and say, look at all of these research papers. Look at all the success that all the other teams have done. So in a sense, that was sales. Yeah. You know, and like think about our proposals and our defenses, like as much as we're providing facts, like you've got to put it to, together in a way that people believe it, that people understand what you're talking about and people are interested and engaged. So you can kind of twist anything into being sales. <laughs> Interesting. I'd never, I never thought about it like that. That's really cool. Um, just, <laughs> just rock my brain hole. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I guess I kind of did the same thing when I was starting out with the beach volleyball team for sure. So yeah, yeah that's interesting when it's not like, Crazy. a yeah, you know, give me 20 bucks for this product, but like just services, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, that's an interesting like way to, to think about it. You. Yeah, 
Yeah, for whatever reason, they did. I'm glad they did. <laughs> Me too. Me uh, too. <laughs> so, uh, last kind of big question. So, if you had a perfect world for applied sports science, I guess is an umbrella term. Um, how would you basically optimize the good or improve the bad? Oh, I mean, we kind of already touched on this, but compliance, man, compliance. I feel like that's the hardest, that's the hardest part. Um, I would definitely love to just show every single athlete and all these great things that can happen. But honestly, like you said, that kind of, you know, threw me for a loop was I only care about what they care about because ultimately they're the ones that you're caring for, you know? Yeah. And so, like, that's so crazy to me. But compliance was really hard. You had the really easy ones where, honestly, the data for them was pretty consistent, at least in my experience. But it was the hard ones that were, you know, might have been a little erratic on the field and had an injury, you know, that was probably contact, you know, because they got a little rambunctious or, you know, something like that. So the extreme cases are hard to kind of navigate through. But if I could just have each player be consistent in terms of wearing their units or giving me an honest answer, I feel like it would just help us all. <laughs> it would be really nice. Yeah, because it has to be reliable before it's valid. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I would definitely love and, to fix that or just improve it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and another part of the when he was talking about um uh the whole he only cares about what they care about so is it is it you're giving them this technology to promote your own objectives or is it like are you working with them you know as humans not just these data points right you know sure um yeah so that was an awesome talk I, i had with the guy Give myself a, a plug for TSP 19 that y'all should go listen to. But um, <laughs> anything else on, on that question? Uh, Man, just to... I don't know. That's a hard question, too, just because I feel like our industry just changes so much so fast. It's like somebody finds yeah. this new great thing and it's like, yes, everybody should do it. And then, like we said, being a skeptical you know, consumer, it's like, is it really what it says it does? So... I don't know, but we could just have more research and more buy-in from everybody. I feel like it would help everyone. Consistency, we talked about that, but man, consistency in measures or, you know, wearing it or just being there, showing up, everything would be great. So that's all Definitely. I got. <laughs> so uh, speed round, final three questions. Okay. What is the book that's currently on your nightstand? Ah. Oh my gosh, I'll have to I'll have to look. Hold on. Adventure so I'm time. I'm not a big reader. Well no, I'm not a big reader and you know that, but I've been trying to do the five minute journal. Um, so it's just a way for you to reflect on your day or kind of goals to set for that day so you do five minutes in the morning and five minutes in the evening 
Um, so I've really been working harder on that. So that was pretty cool. I like that. It's not necessarily reading, but more of like an internal reflection of what, what's kind of gone on and how to improve. So it's been kind of a cool set of other people telling me what to do. I kind of get to analyze myself. So I kind of like that kind of different. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Definitely a, a unique answer. Haven't gotten that one yet. Um, <laughs> good what's on your what's on your to read list you've always got good ones so i have a few i man there's so many books that i want to read and i'm just uh i want to read more but so the one i I have right now it is called the soul of a team uh so it's by Mm -hmm. tony dungy the famous nfl coach yeah and that that book was given to me actually um so i'm helping out the women's tennis team this year fun fact very cool. I didn't know that. Um, and yeah, I'll I'll tell you more about it once we finish recording because there's some things I I can't say. But um, <laughs> so it was the first you know staff meeting. It was all of the coaches, the AT, the compliance people, the grounds crew, whatever. And I was invited as well. And he gave Very everyone cool. a copy of the book. Um, mm. And like the the subtitle of the book is a modern day fable for winning teamwork. And basically, if people aren't familiar with the book, Tony Dungy makes up this imaginary story of, uh, you know, a made up NFL team like the Vipers. And then he basically takes him through like when he first gets brought into consult for this team. And I'm not too far in yet, but it's basically like a fictional story to tell these lessons about like winning teamwork. So um, mm, that's really cool. first time someone's flipped the question around on me as well. <laughs> well, there you go. Surprise. Uh, surprise. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> best purchase this past year under 50 bucks. Ooh. Um. Oh, that's a hard one. Under 50 bucks. This question by far gives the most issues. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like causing anxiety. Now I like put on the spot and I don't have a good answer right away. Um, honestly, I bought a cookbook and I really enjoyed it. I don't know. I'm a big baker anyway, so, so that's good for yeah. me and I can read it and it talks about the science behind it. So it's really cool. Ooh, a nerdy cookbook. I like it. Nerdy cookbook. Uh, yep. <laughs> so if, if those listeners that caught on, I called her chef Lex earlier. That's cause she's an amazing and avid cooker. So cooker, um, a baker. I don't more on the sweet side, less on the savory. (laughs) Okay, gotcha. (laughs) Baker Lex. (laughs) So (laughs) where where can the listeners find more of you? Um, so TSD, like I said, is only just getting started up. Um, so our website is being produced as we speak or made as we speak. Um, but always on LinkedIn. You type in Alexa Lobato and I'm the first one to pop up. I think I'm the only one. So, yes, Alexa, like the Amazon, I get that question all the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> LinkedIn is probably the best way to contact me. And I've been using LinkedIn a lot more in terms of reaching out to people. And it's really, it's really been a great tool. So, not only for looking for employers or looking for jobs, but just looking for collaborations and partners. Um, LinkedIn has done us very, very well. That's awesome. A little little professional development tip at the end right there. 
Yep, um, yep, yep. Something I've learned definitely after grad school, you know, because you, you put it up on LinkedIn and I looked back at mine and I found three spelling errors. And I was like, gosh, Alex, like you should have, you know, spent more time and attention on this thing. Uh, so it's definitely a great tool to grow your network. Yeah, for sure. So uh, thank you very much for giving me your time and, and sharing a little bit about your story. I learned I learned a few things and uh, I look forward to our next talk. Um, if, you know, as TSP or TSD uh, progresses, <laughs> we definitely, definitely get you on here for a round two to get a little bit awesome. more specific. So I'd love to. Always great to hear from you. Yeah. So thank you again. Enjoy your evening. And that does it for this episode of the Talking Shop Podcast. Thank you very much for giving me your time. I really do appreciate it. I hope this episode did a good job of making you stop and think and evaluate about the topics discussed. I'd love to hear what you thought, so please feel free to give me a comment, rating, review, like on whatever platform you're listening on. Let me know what you want to hear next. Hit me up on social media at Coach Big Toe. That's at Coach B I G. T-O-E on Insta and Twitter. Remember, we can all get better together.